Fantasy Football Today from CBS Sports. Here we go. Email us at fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. It's time to dominate your fantasy league. Let's go! Now, here's some combination of Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. All right, coming back from uh, the best waiver wire day of the season, I would say, we welcome you to Fantasy Football Today, Jalen Samuels owners. Are you laughing at me already? Uh, just constantly. Oh, it's just yeah. amazing, like, how off you were with this yesterday. Where is your Butterfinger? It's coming. To, it's in the pantry. Why is it in the pantry and not in your mouth? Because Tobias, I, I want I want Dave to be here for it. No, this is no. You've said this over and over. I'm going to do it tomorrow. legitimately. But, but it's tomorrow, Heath just told you off the air. He may not be here. Oh, that's true. That's why he said tomorrow. No, I didn't. I didn't know that until just now. I mean, we just get tweets after tweet after tweet about your fraudulent. Is that what we behavior? Get? I mean, look, yeah. this is your favorite show. Just do it now. So, how did uh, the waiver wire go for you guys? Lovely. It's nice to be able to get people because only half the league is participating, right? It is. It's also not, like I don't like missing the playoffs, but it's a little bit relaxing yeah. to only have to make claims in 15 leagues as opposed to 22. Yeah, yeah. No, I, hear I that. um, nice, nice percentage, by the way. Good job. It, Thank you. It creates an interesting dy- dynamic on your rosters. It because does. you pick up these guys, Jeff Wilson, Jalen Samuels, and all of a sudden you're looking at, oh, at RB2, am I starting Jalen Samuels or Dalvin Cook? Am I starting Jeff Wilson or Sony Michelle? Well, that's the that's the, the the second part of it. It's You want to have these guys, one, to see if you really want to use them, but two, to keep them from somebody else. And then it's, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, totally. And that's the, that's the dilemma always. And, uh, you know, Heath, we were having this conversation off the air on our multiple platforms that we talk about these things <laughs> that we get asked these questions on Tuesday, uh, Jeff Wilson or Chris Carson or Jalen Samuels or Dalvin cook, you know, and there's really not a lot of time to process everything in that short time period. Obviously that's our job, but like you'd like to take a, a day or so to, to sort of digest. Okay. Is this going to be Jalen Samuels job? Is Jeff Wilson going to have, uh, you know, 20 plus touches again, or is it going to be offered? You know, is he health? You know, I mean, it's like the things that we have to, you know, sort of go through. But I think, you know, once you get past Tuesday and okay, now I added this guy, then it's now the second phase. Do I start this player? I'm glad you said that because I feel the exact same way. You know, I you, you do your waiver claims and sometimes you have a pretty clear picture of how you're going to feel about a guy. Like I knew how I was going to feel about Spencer Ware, even though he didn't do quite as well as I thought. I still was excited about him. Uh, but yeah, that's why, that's what I, I hope the Thursday and Friday shows do for people. It's like you get your guys, you know who you want to start. But I hope that we can break down the games for you on Thursdays and Fridays to give you a really good, confident picture of, of what your fantasy, of what you expect from your fantasy player without just kind of going in blind. Right. So, yeah. I have a really fun league. It's a must win. It's one of my leagues that playoffs don't start until next week. So this is the final week that only four teams make it. Mm hmm. And I have six running backs, I think, that I could consider starting. Wow. Next week. Oh, no, you're still playing this, this week. I must win this yeah. week. Oh, I'm sorry. To okay. get in. And I have Spencer Ware, Josh Adams, Justin Jackson, Austin Eckler, Jeff Wilson, and Mark Ingram. Yep, that's a uh, healthy group of number two <laughs> slash number three right. running backs. Who's the best one there? <laughs> well, I know what he's going to say. I, I would say Justin Jackson. He's probably going to say Austin Eckler. 
or Jeff Wilson. I would say Austin Eckler. Yeah, yeah I was. Thinking I think you Wilson could make maybe. a very educated ar- ar- argument for starting any combination of three of those six running backs. Did you see what uh, Anthony Lynn said in regards that to that? Austin Eckler is getting tired because yeah. he's playing special teams? Mm-hmm. I got an idea. Stop playing him on special teams. <laughs> play Justin Jackson. <laughs> All right, let's uh, let's get into the show. So we got potential league winners. We got some tough matchups for some studs. And Dave, Jamie, and Heath get fired. That's exciting. We got some new playoff ideas from our listeners. Heath has this look on his face like, what? I got fired? Jamie does too. So, yeah, someone fired you guys. Uh, more on that later. And, of course, we have the regulators coming up. Can they be league winners? That is the question. Oh, I, have, I have I have two regulator situations. All right, we'll get to that later, Jamie. Can they be league winners? I'm going to give you guys, just like last week when I wasn't on the show, and you tell me if you think uh, people can ride them to a fantasy championship. Lamar by, by way, Miller. Um, speaking of getting fired, our boss has said that the Wednesday and Thursday show last week was the best podcast yeah. we've ever done. <laughs> I don't know if I announced this. I'll just announce it real quick. But those of you who are listening now, don't go away during the off season. We have two episodes per week during the off season. And if you really enjoyed last week's shows, Wednesday and Thursday, you're going to love January because I am on paternity leave for January. Uh, so, But we still will have two episodes per week. All right, can they be league winners? Lamar Miller, in his last six games, he had one bad game at Denver. The other five games, he had at least 10 non-PPR points, at least 12 PPR points, 86 or more rushing yards in five of his last six games, 100 or more in four of his last six games. He gets the Colts. Jets, Eagles, and Jags in the next four games. Can Lamar Miller be a league winner? Yes. He could be. He could be. It's not um, not great timing for Deontay Foreman to be activated off IR. I don't think it really matters at this point. I think he's more – they had to make a decision. And so with their postseason now in front of them, as it looks like they're going to win the division – it makes sense to have him with the chance to potentially use him in a month or a month and a half. Oh, I, I think if if like if he plays in the next three weeks, and it, hopefully it's not this week, because I think it'll take a couple weeks to happen. But I think it could be a situation where they're plotting a ro- along in a game running for 3.8 yards per carry, and they put Foreman in for three plays, and he breaks one play, and then the next week he gets a few more snaps. Yeah. But we don't even know if he's still the same guy. I, I think Miller could be a very solid number two. All right, how about Jameis Winston? Been a much different quarterback. Not throwing for quite as many yards last couple weeks, but under control, some some rushing totals there, and two solid games. He'll face the Saints, then at Baltimore and at Dallas. It's brutal. Yeah, can Jameis Winston be a league winner? I mean, the answer is yes, he can. Um, I think what has happened for him, there's three things that have happened. One, he hasn't turned the ball over, which is key for him. Two, the defense has actually played better, which hasn't put them in these horrific chasing point situations. And three, the matchups were very good. Yeah. yeah. And so I think the third one is the big one because of what's coming up for him. So, like, this is going to be a telling week. If he gets, and they're, you know, I mean, the setup is easy. Saints go in, look like the Saints offense once again, unlike what we saw last week. And he's all of a sudden down two touchdowns or 10 points or maybe three touchdowns. And it's throw, 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 and throw. There'll be a pick. There'll be two. And then you'll have the same conversation again. Is he the guy? Should he be the starter in 2019? Blah, blah, blah. But for your fantasy roster, they'll be like, oh, no, I don't know if I could trust him. I have a situation where I have a buy next week, buy this week, game next week. And I'm 
starting to keep an eye on, okay, what are the quarterbacks I may have to use for Week 15? Yeah, because if Baltimore does well this week against Mahomes, nobody's going to be confident in Jameis next week. Uh, right. Kenny Galladay. Can Kenny Galladay be a league winner with his next matchups being Arizona, Buffalo, and Minnesota? It's not great matchups, but I do still think he can. Yep. I, I, I think he's the type of wide receiver, and I don't. as long as Stafford just throws it to him, I think a lot of times it doesn't really matter how tight the coverage is. Sure. Yeah, I looked at wide receivers with 7 to 10 targets against the Cardinals. Hopefully he gets more than that. His last two games is at 8 in both. Uh, I said, yeah, the Cardinals. Um, yeah, mixed results. But I would say that the good ones did well. You know, the good wide receivers who have faced Arizona, Cooks, Woods, Thielen, Emmanuel Sanders, Tyreek Hill, Keenan Allen, Josh Adams, they had good games. Uh, Stephon Diggs did not. Seattle's wide receivers did not. The Bears' wide receivers early in the season did not. But for the most part, good wide receivers have done well against Arizona. It's hard to imagine having like a massive game, but uh, could definitely help Kenny Galladay. Rob Gronkowski, can he be a league winner at Miami, at Pittsburgh, and Buffalo in his next three games? God, I also. Do you think so, though? Are you counting on it? I mean, it's it's, it's probably going to sound like a broken record, but he plays a position that you have to have somebody that you feel more confident in than what his potential is. I'm not asking if he's a starter, because he's a starter for most people. I'm asking if he's a league winner. Like, Eric Ebron feels like a league winner. Yes, Rob Gronkowski, if he's right, will be a league winner. I would say he could be a weak winner. I have very little confidence he's going to have a three-week Gronk stretch. All right, how about Aaron Rodgers? He just doesn't look right. He doesn't look right. He's always covered. He's always covered. He's like, he's so coverable. Uh, how about Aaron Rodgers? Atlanta at Chicago at the Jets. Aaron Rodgers, league winner? I'll, I'll say the same thing I said about Gronk. I think he could be a weak winner this week. I don't think he's going to give you a three-week Rodgers stretch. How about Dak Prescott? Uh, no. No, not enough upside? There's there's ton, a ton of upside. I just don't know how many people at this point are saying I'm starting Dak Prescott for the next three weeks. So to to say league winner, probably not. Could he have three great weeks? Yes. He basically needs a rushing touchdown. I mean, and he's had five rushing touchdowns in his last seven games. But he does he how many passing touchdowns? He has fourteen passing touchdowns in twelve games. So kind of limits your upside a little bit. But Eagles this week, good matchup. Uh how about Spencer Ware? Can he be a league winner with the Ravens, Chargers, and Seahawks on the schedule? Spencer Ware. Yes, he can. I don't think he's got it. I don't think he's at the same quickness that he had a couple of years ago. And I wouldn't be surprised if he gets a smaller percentage of the rush attempts this year, this week. Yeah, I mean, you got to be a little disappointed. 14 carries, 47 yards, and a touchdown. One catch for five yards at Oakland. You know, I, th- I thought he'd be better than that. And now he gets a really tough game against Baltimore. Uh, all right, so we're split on Spencer Ware. Yeah, so th- my decision is going to be Jeff Wilson and- versus Spencer Ware in half PPR. Being- I- I'm going to start Wilson. I am too. Okay. And DJ Moore coming off a disappointing game. Can DJ Moore be a league winner? Yes. Yep, I do believe he can. It was a disappointing game. Um, but his track record for this year on a per-target basis, if he's getting eight targets, he's going to be a lot better than that most weeks. 
take a look at the injuries, news, and notes around the NFL right after this. The perfect combination of versatile athleisure and training apparel has arrived. Thanks to the visionary minds of New Balance, Clutch Athletics, and Rich Paul, the designs reflect the heart of the athlete and the spirit of the community. With rising defensive football stars Will Anderson and Chase Young on the roster, Clutch Athletics brings the best innovative gear to all athletes, giving them style and performance on and off the field. Learn more and purchase Clutch Athletics at newbalance.com. All right, news and notes. Buffalo cut Kelvin Benjamin. Uh, yeah, so Zay Jones. Yay. Unbelievable. They also cut uh, Andre Holmes, so it's it's a youth movement. Yeah. Uh, James Conner out this week with a sprained ankle. I hope everybody was able to listen to the bonus podcast that we did yesterday. But uh, they also promoted Trey Edmonds. We have no interest in Edmonds, right? No. Yeah. And remember, the sneaky move, if you didn't get Jalen Samuels, is to get Steven Ridley and see what happens, right? I don't think it's sneaky. Smart. Let me see how owned he is at this point. I Samuels is two or three leagues. 62% so owned, and Ridley's only 6% owned. That's why I called it sneaky, because I don't think anybody's really... On it, but yeah, six percent owned Ridley and sixty-two percent owned Samuels. Samuels, Samuels, and Jeff Wilson both went up forty-nine percent. Uh, they are the most added players in fantasy. Other news: Landon Collins is out this week. He might miss the rest of the season with a shoulder injury. They're at Washington, and does that lower your hopes of the Giants being a sneaky DST? Uh no. I'm not sure you need a safety against a Mark Sanchez-led offense. He's a really he's really good against the run though. Yeah, they may give a little. Well, he's made so much difference. Yeah, well, well, he's better. Slight boost, Adrian Peterson. If there could be even a bigger boost from this matchup, Uh, Mitchell Trubisky is getting better. Yesterday we said we expected him to play. It's not set in stone yet, but he's getting better. The Texans activated Deontay Foreman. We mentioned that Oakland signed C.J. Anderson. Of course they did. Yeah, of course they did. (laughs) You think that you know muddies it up for Doug Martin? No. I, no. Okay. Hey, this is actually pretty important. Malcolm Brown, Rams backup running back, could miss the rest of the regular season. No, uh, he is going to miss the rest of the season. Okay, so who's yeah, who's the out. guy to get if you own Todd Gurley? Um, it's John Kelly, and I forget who the other guy is. Do they still have Benny Cunningham? Or no. he's on the Bears? Yeah, I don't remember who the other guy is either, JB. That's why I'll I was... tell you in one second. <laughs> I think it's probably John Kelly. Is it worth it? It's uh, John Kelly and Justin Davis. Is it worth it? No. Um, I mean, obviously, whoever is the starter there, God forbid something happens to Todd Gurley, would be in the number two flex range. But my guess is this isn't going to be close to somebody you're going to feel 100% wanting to start. Maybe it's Kelly. Kelly's the guy, if you were going to pick up one, Kelly's the guy you go with? If he would be the guy, yeah. I'm at, I'm saying like you have to guess now who it's going to be. Oh yes, it would, I would take a take a chance on Kelly. Right. And Deshaun Jackson could be out for the season. I hate to say that I hope that's the case, but I hope that's the case. Oh, I Jamie! I don't even hate to say it. Oh, Heath! I'm not asking for him to get hurt. This I'm asking is... <laughs> for him to give him his body time to recover. I don't want him to suffer further injury by trying to rush back. Well, this is why you guys get fired sometimes. Yeah, why are we getting fired? I'll tell you that right after I tell you about a great way to save some money this holiday season. And actually, I've been really um, excited about the feedback that we've gotten from this sponsor. A lot of people asking me for the URL. 
very interested in Lightstream. And the URL, if you are interested, is lightstream.com slash FFT, L-I-G-H-T-S-T-R-E-A-M.com slash FFT. All right, Lightstream is, like I said, a great way to save money by consolidating your high-interest credit card balances to a lower rate and saving. And it's a really great website. Go to the website, lightstream.com slash FFT. Uh, I, I, th- I think it's just so easy to navigate, so easy to use. Not only can you consolidate your credit card debt, but you can also get a loan. So first of all, Lightstream offers credit card consolidation loans from 6.14% APR with auto pay. 6.14%. Compare that to the national average for interest rates for credit cards, which is over 19%. And you can get that loan, $5,000 to $100,000. You can even get it as soon as the day you apply. The application, it's 100% online and there are no fees. The, the goal for Lightstream is to give people a break. If you have good credit, they think that you deserve a great interest rate. So I, I recommend Lightstream. I think it's going to be great for some of you. Um, you can get an even bigger discount if you go to lightstream.com slash FFT. One more time, lightstream.com slash FFT. This is subject to credit approval. Rate includes 0.5% auto pay discount. Terms and conditions apply and offers are subject to change without notice. Visit lightstream.com slash FFT for more information. Dave, Jamie, and Heath get fired. All right, so this guy emailed us. His name is Trevor, and he missed the playoffs. So he sent a press release to the rest of his team, uh, to the rest of his league, and I will read some of it. And it was very professional. Red Deer, Alberta. That's the dateline. Winnipeg Ballers president and CEO Trevor Rudge will be working to find the team's next head coach. On Tuesday, one day after relieving CBS Fantasy Football coaches Dave Richard, Jamie Eisenberg, and Heath Cummings of their coaching duties, Rudge explained the search for the next head coach will be a collaborative process. Quote, The goal is to get the very best coach to get the Winnipeg Ballers back to playing championship football, Rudge said. Our focus was to finish the season strong and then hiring the very best coach we can for the team. In delivering the news to Eisenberg, Richard, and Cummings in a brief meeting after Sunday's game, Rudge said they were, quote, professional and first class. They helped lead the Winnipeg Ballers to three straight playoff appearances, three straight semifinal appearances, two straight finals appearances, and a Red Deer Docks Fantasy Football Championship in three seasons. This year will mark the only time in the Rudge era the Ballers failed to... I wasn't supposed to say their full name. The Ballers failed to make the playoffs. Quote, this is the worst part of the business, Rudge said. Eisenberg, Richard, and Cummings have been tremendous coaches for us. They are also great guys. That makes it even more difficult to make a decision like this. Should we call Trevor Jed from now on? Why? Just take a look back in history and see how this worked out for the 49ers, Trevor. (laughs) (laughs) Enjoy your next five years of misery. Yeah, sorry, guys. What bad year uh, for him, anyway, in four years. Also, I I didn't mean to say the full name of the team. It was uh, inappropriate, and I apologize. Um all right, next segment is called Start Your Studs. Sorry, I, you guys, you're hired. Uh, start Your Studs with a question mark. Here are some studs with tough matchups. Patrick Mahomes against Baltimore. What are we doing with him? Uh, he's my number one quarterback. Yeah. Is he now? He's number yeah. three for Dave. Uh, you, all right. You were just telling us a couple of weeks ago that Patrick Mahomes should be a second-round pick. What does that mean? Next year. What does that matter? First of all. Oh my you gosh. Don't, you don't bench your second round pick at home because he's facing a good defense. I don't know that I said that exactly. It I think was I'd one take of him the opinions third submitted round. to Adam's the Adam's bad opinion thread. Yeah, I'm not I might be misrepresented there. But 
look, he's had he's had some tough matchups and didn't have his best games in some of those tough matchups, right? He had 15 fantasy points against Jacksonville. He had 23 against Arizona. He had 24 at Denver. He had 34 at home against Denver. Baltimore is uh, outstanding against quarterbacks, second fewest fantasy points. I'm just saying, I know he's a start, but what if he had Roethlisberger? What if he had Cam? He's my number one quarterback. Okay. I think if it was in Baltimore, it's a different story. Okay. Like you said, his number, his his production against Denver in Denver versus at home. Right. I think that's kind of indicative of what he'll do. How about Seattle wide receivers against Minnesota this week? Would you start any Seattle wide receivers? I would prefer not to, but I think you could look at Lockett and Baldwin as number three guys. I mean, Baldwin won't see Rhodes, will he? No, but I mean, do you really trust Baldwin fully? Um, as a number, as a flex, I guess. Yeah. How about Chris Carson against Minnesota? Do we trust him? No. No, I would start all of the waiver wire guys over him. Justin Jackson? Yep. He is one of the waiver wire guys. How about Marlon Mack at Houston? Do you trust him this week? Nope. Same same thing I just said. Who do you think is better, Chris Carson or Marlon Mack? Carson. I actually think Mack might be, but they're both number three guys. Let's read some emails from our listeners. FantasyFootball at CBSI.com. This is from Josh. Oh, by the way, we're going to preview the Thursday night game in a little bit. Josh says, someone in our Dynasty League dropped Kareem Hunt. What are your thoughts on picking him up off waivers for the future? You should. What What do you expect in terms of Kareem Hunt's future? I don't know. I don't know. Um, I don't know. <laughs> Like the problem is now he's... he's not on a team. He doesn't start serving his suspension until he's on a team. And the league has not even decided yet how long they're going to suspend him for. So I don't imagine you're like, I assume we're going into 2019 with him facing an eight to 10 game suspension and not on a roster. So who's a more exciting keeper, Marlon Mack or Kareem Hunt? I'd say Mac. Ooh. Okay. Uh, Next email is Jake in Chicago. Hey, Rob, Brick, Champ, and Brian. Isn't that Ron? I think it's Ron, Brick, Champ, and Ryan. Uh, Yeah, it's Anchorman. Yeah, who's who? Don't answer that, actually. Don't answer that. Which running backs are worth handcuffing for the playoffs? Um, Kareem Hunt. (laughs) Literally. Um, oh, jeez. Wow. I guess. What a moment. Well. Um, All right. Ezekiel Elliott? But it go, this goes back to the Malcolm Brown conversation. Well, I, I would have said Todd Gurley for sure. But now I would no longer say that. Right. So are you starting Rod Smith? We saw this last year. Uh, You might. David Johnson. Not Saquon Barkley, right? Uh, I don't think you're starting Wayne Gallman. No. no. I, I think Rod Smith is worth owning. I think uh, Royce Freeman for the Philip Lindsay owner. That's a good one. Joy, Joe Geo? Mixon. Yeah, Joe Mixon. Um, yeah, there's not a lot of like, it's a, it's a slam dunk unless we're missing something. Uh, I mean, I'd say Latavius Murray, but he's pretty owned. 
and maybe Leonard Fournette would be worth handcuffing. If I had Sony Michelle, I'd want to own Rex Burkhead. Yeah, it's going. Okay. All right, more emails. Jason says, how high do you guys see Philip Lindsay going next year in the draft? Second round. Yeah, I think I'm I'll guess third. It's gonna be interesting because like we've pretty much decided ten of the first twelve picks are gonna be running backs. And at some point, like this year, there's going to be that massive run on all the elite wide receivers. There's only so many running backs that can go in the second round, and I assume Kelsey and Ertz are both going in the second round next year. And Mahomes. Well and and well Mahomes <laughs> will definitely have a second round ADP. Yeah, You're right. Yeah, yeah. For sure. Um, so I, I'll say he falls to the start of the third, but he may be second. I got this question on a radio show this week. Uh, is A.J. Green still elite? And I wonder if you look at Green, you look at Evans. I don't think Antonio Brown has slid there yet by any stretch, but you know you're older for him. How many elite wide receivers are there going to be? We're actually going to take a look ahead to the wide receiver position in 2019 in just a few minutes. So okay. we'll come back to that. I don't even know who the number one wide receiver off the board is going to be. Uh, Garrett wants to know, why is everybody so low on the Detroit defense this week against Arizona? Have you watched them play? Yeah, they're bad. They, they've been a little better as of late, and Josh Rosen is pretty bad. Um, but they're not good enough for me to get the top 12. And Nate from Philly Dear Ronald, Bozo, Grok, and Krusty. Those are clowns, I guess. I don't know who Grok is. Uh, what do we do with the Baltimore DST for the playoff run? They have the Chiefs, Bucks, and Chargers the next three weeks. I'll be watching. I'm, I'm stashing them. And I'll be watching Jameis very closely against New Orleans. I think there's a good chance that we're starting Baltimore's defense next week. Unless Jameis lights up the Saints. They are the number four DST, by the way. Grok the Clown. This is from the 1930s, it seems. The King of Clowns. He was Europe's greatest clown. How about that? Got a couple of interesting playoff ideas that I'd like to run by you guys. Um, but I think, you know what? Let's, uh, let's, what should we do right now? So many segments today. Not enough time. We got tweets coming up later. We got to preview the uh, probably very boring Thursday night game. But I think right now, let's regulate. I got two questions that are pretty similar. A little bit of a nuance in the second one, but this is from M. Tomrell. Please regulate. We just had waivers run, and a team that was out of the playoffs bid on Jalen Samuels, and he won Jalen Samuels. Those of us in the playoffs had no money left. Huh? Those of us in the playoffs had no money left, so he bid $1 to win him. What the hell, right? He's the commissioner of our league. He's not in the playoffs, and he won Jalen Samuels. What do we do? I have two leagues that I'm dealing with this right now, where two teams out of the playoffs, not bid on them, but claimed players. So what I said was, if anybody put in a claim for that player, and I guess in this case, if anybody put, everybody had zero fab, is that what it is? All the three of the, all the people, sorry, not three, all the people in the playoffs had zero fab, yes. Okay, so then it would go to, at least the way our site works, would go to tiebreaker based on record. So I would say uh, that everybody that put in a claim for him with their zero bids, they have to show you a screen grab of what their transaction page looks like. Oh, nice. Or what, what their ad drop page looks like. And if they if there's proof that they actually put in a claim for that player and they would be first on tiebreaker, they get the player, the commissioner has to put him back in the pool. That's I, how I'm handling it. I agree with that. There's a gray area here that I'll address because if it's a complete full dynasty league, I think he should be able to add Jalen Samuels. 
In dynasty formats, you should not shut off waivers for teams out of the playoffs. Is, is this dynasty? Did I miss that? No. He, no. he did not say. Okay. I think where the gray area comes in, and one league I'm having trouble with, is a keeper league where you keep four players. If you just keep one or two, then I'm fine with just shutting it off. When you keep four or more, it really gets into the gray area. And I think you just have to make a league decision. The way I run my two keeper leagues is there are no players allowed to be kept that are added in the postseason and no no teams out of the playoffs can make transactions in the postseason. I think so, it's a good way to do it. So it keeps, and we keep four. So it allows everyone in, in one of them. You're, it keeps the teams that are still in playoffs obviously eligible to pick up as many players as they need to to keep their rosters active, but none of those players added can be kept. All right, let's uh, read a similar one now. Regulating here from James. Dear Adam, Dave, Jamie, and Heath. I'm too mad to come up with a creative greeting because in one of my leagues, as we head into the playoffs, I lose James Conner. One of my good friends takes Jalen Samuels off waivers, but here's the thing. He's not in the playoffs. I confronted him privately and said it was poor form, and I was really annoyed, but I was told to, quote, deal with it because he has every right to try to not finish last in the stupid consolation bracket. Am I right to be super angry? I've asked the commission to write it into the rules next year. Any any advice on what the rules should be so that we don't go too far and cut guys off from having fun? So the only stupid consolation bracket. The difference here is that there's a consolation bracket. So how do you regulate with uh, consolations? Is there a prize for it? Yeah, I don't know. Because if there's a prize for it, everybody should be allowed to pick up whoever they need to. Yeah, and that's why consolation brackets are terrible. Yeah, so in our Flex League, run by the talented Jake Seeley, who has an amazing team in that league, uh, he said, if you're in the consolation bracket, you cannot submit fab bids. Let fab run. And then, when everybody's a free agent, go ahead and pick up whoever you want. I thought that was okay. That's an interesting way to do it. So what is that? I'm sorry? Uh, people in the consolation bracket cannot make any fab bids or, let's say, waiver claims. But once waivers or fab run and, and then everybody becomes a free agent, then they can go for it. I'm, I'm all for that. Yeah, that's that's a pretty good way to deal with it. Jacksonville is at Tennessee. And if you want to get to the game, you know the app to use. you got to use the SeatGeek app, ladies and gentlemen. And if you want to save 10 bucks on your first purchase, you download the SeatGeek app, you search for an event, and you put in the promo code FFT. And like I said... Pinstripe Bowl coming to New York. Yeah, I can't wait to sit out in the 10-degree weather and watch a useless football game. But, of course, if I need tickets, I'm going to SeatGeek, and I will be using the SeatGeek app for this purchase because I know I'm going to get a great price. SeatGeek searches multiple ticket sites. That's the thing. You don't have to do that. You don't have to go site A, site B, site C and start comparing everything. SeatGeek will do all that for you. They bring in all the results, and they show you the best seats that fit your budget, and every purchase is fully guaranteed. And, by the way, it's not just sports. Concerts, comedy, theater, use the SeatGeek app. Uh, I've got it on my phone. It's by far the easiest way that I have found to shop for tickets. So uh, you can get 10 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. Just go to, uh, just download the SeatGeek app and enter the promo code FFT. That is FFT for 10 bucks off your first SeatGeek purchase. SeatGeek, life's an event, and we have the tickets. First meeting between Jacksonville and Tennessee was a snoozer, 9 to 6. Tennessee won. And uh, nobody did well. Who's going to do well in this game? Um, the DSTs, the kickers, and Leonard Fournette. I, the only one I really struggle with, like it's pretty easy to just say sit everybody except for Fournette. 
And I've got him as a start, but I don't have him as a number one running back. And I kind of want to. I just, I worry, like, what's Jacksonville scored? Three touchdowns in their last three games or something? He's so involved, though. 24 carries, 28 carries, and then 18 carries before getting ejected. He scored 19 to 22 fantasy points in non-PPR, 21 to 27 in, in PPR in all three games. That's after coming back from... The injury and Fournette was RB eight, RB six, and RB four in those three games. Yep, and, and they weren't exactly the easiest matchups. I mean, the Colts have a decent run defense, the Steelers have a good run defense, and then Buffalo. Do you? How many carries do you think he's getting? Me or he? Yeah, I think he's getting twenty at least. Okay. So he has at least eighteen carries, um, twelve times in the last two years okay. in the regular season. All right. He scored at least 13 PPR points in all 12. Yeah, 13 PPR floor. points is going to make him a number two running back. But, but that's the floor. That's the floor. Right, yeah. I, I mean, you're starting him. I I just... I, I've said this time and time again. I don't think this Titans defense is great. I think they played very well. And I think you can, with a good offense, move the ball against them. With a great player, and he's a great fantasy player, you can have success against them. I think he's a top 10 running back week. If you want to be more encouraged by it, the last three games, Marlon Mack had 16 carries, 61 yards, and a touchdown. Uh, Jordan Wilkins also had four carries, 30 yards, and a touchdown in the game. Lamar Miller had that 95-yard touchdown run. He had a huge game. And Isaiah Crowell had 21 carries for 98 yards, which is pretty good for him. Uh, but it is not the easiest matchup. So it, it, you're not starting any waiver wire guys over Fournette, are you? No. I am not, no. Okay. Uh, would you start Fournette over Joe Mixon? Yes. Yeah. Spencer Ware or Fournette? Fournette. Spencer Ware is not a top 24 running back. All right. How about Mariota? Any confidence in him? It's probably going to have to be a two-quarterback league. Uh, what do you think about Mariota? It would have to be a two-quarterback league. Agreed. Yeah. Four straight games with 25 or 26 fantasy points and four point per passing, six point per passing touchdown leagues. Pardon me. So I, I was investigating if... The Jaguars are worse on the road. So I had made that claim yesterday. Uh, it's kind of like, yes, as uh, Reverend Lovejoy said, yes with a but. Uh, Jacksonville has allowed 27 or more fantasy points to a quarterback in three straight road games. Now, that's a lot. Two of those quarterbacks, though, had more than 80 rushing yards and a rushing touchdown. They would be Dak Prescott and Josh Allen. The other quarterback was Andrew Luck. Well. Okay, so number two, uh, two quarterback league for Mariota. He's outside the top seventeen. The uh, Titans running backs. Thoughts? No. Yeah, I'd stay away. Don't do it. And then, how about Corey Davis? Here's my stat of the game: Jacksonville has allowed fourteen or more PPR fantasy points to five wide receivers in their last six games. I don't want to start Corey Davis, and I am the president of the Corey Davis fan club. Uh, I, I think he's a number three and a mid-range number three at that. Yeah, unfortunately, I mean that is a nice stat if you want Corey Davis in your lineup. But those uh, those six wide receivers that had fourteen or more PPR fantasy points or five wide receivers, four of them are Hopkins, Antonio Brown, Juju Smith-Schuster, and T.Y. Hilton. Uh, so it's just not going to be easy. Uh, however, the tight ends don't have a bad matchup. Jacksonville has given up. Uh, a touchdown or 80 yards to six tight ends in their last five games. 
So where do you guys guys have Jonu Smith and Anthony Ferkser? Top fifteen for Jonu, not far behind for Ferkser. Okay. I'd rather start Red Ellison. Let me see. Let me do some comparisons here with those guys. Jonu Smith or Cameron Brait, who has a very, very tough matchup. Great. Jonu Smith or David Njoku? Njoku. Njoku. Njoku's got a great matchup this week. Trey Burton or Jonu Smith? Jonu. I'll go Trey. Corey Davis or Dalvin Cook? Cook. Uh, yeah, Cook in both. Corey Davis or Gus Edwards? Edwards. Definitely Gus in non, and I'll take Gus in PPR too. All right, last one. Corey Davis or Adrian Peterson? Peterson. Uh, definitely Peterson in non. I think I'll take Corey Davis in PPR. And we finish with the DSTs. So the Titans DST is top five for you guys, but they've had three bad games in a row at the Colts, at the Texans, and home against the Jets. Uh, but you're confident in them this week? Yes. Uh, you know, it's funny because obviously the Jaguars are getting a lot of praise for beating the Colts last week. And clearly it was their defense. They scored six points. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's true. Uh, I guess my only concern is that they just run the ball so much they don't really turn it over. Y- you know, they don't well, get sacked. Well, it, it does depend on your scoring system. Like, I think the Titans are a lot better in leagues where you get bonuses for low points and low yards. And how how do you feel about the Jaguars? Which DST do you like better, Tennessee or Jacksonville? Uh, I like Tennessee's better because of the quarterback that they're facing. I will say this, though. If for whatever reason you have to make this choice, the Jaguars get the Redskins next week. So if like you played the Titans last week because they played the Jets and someone dropped the Jaguars, I would drop the Titans to pick up the Jaguars because I think it's close enough this week. And then you get the dream matchup next week. And I'll say if you only get points for sex and turnovers, I prefer Jacksonville to Tennessee. And this is the last thing I'll say, because, you know, this is what I'm talking about, where I try to give as much information as possible to give people a, a more. The more information you have, the more clearly you're going to be thinking about the game, in my opinion. The Jaguars have played five road games. They were great in week one at the Giants. They have been terrible in their, you know, in at Kansas City, at Dallas, at Indianapolis, at Buffalo. I mean, terrible fantasy teams. And in London. And in London. Oh, that was against Philly? Uh, mm-hmm. That was not their worst game, but it was not. You're not winning your league on that game. They had four sacks. Oh, they scored a. Oh, no, they did not score a touchdown. They recovered a fumble. It was one. Of, it was an okay game. But yeah, I mean, away from home, they haven't been the same. That has to be mentioned. Um, I just think what you're hoping for with the Jaguars defense is. The light switch went on last week. Right. And that was the team we were hoping to see all season long defensively. Yeah. I, I feel that. And you guys have them pretty high. Fourth for Jamie, sixth for Dave, seventh for Heath. Ahead of the Rams, ahead of the Vikings, right? Yeah, I probably need to knock them down a couple pegs because I, I do think that it could be a conservative game, but um, I think they're top ten. And that is your preview of Jacksonville at Tennessee. Here are a you few. You want to go through the Jaguars receivers? Uh, is there anyone in the Jaguars passing game that you're starting? Well, no. Is J- is uh, TJ Yeldon worth using PPR? No. Okay. And that'll do it for Jacksonville at Tennessee. Here are a few playoff ideas that we got from our listeners. Tell me what you think. Our email address is fantasyfootball at cbsi.com. It's the letter I, by the way. From Aaron, I've always thought that the higher-seeded team in the playoffs should get a 10% bump. If a team scores 100 points, it would be increased to 110 points. 
The increased score is certainly an advantage, just like home teams in the actual NFL playoffs have an advantage. Have you ever ever heard of leagues where they do this? What do you think? It seems to reward the teams who finished higher over the course of the season and decrease the odds of a six seed winning it all. I always give the playoff tiebreaker to the team with a better record. Yeah. Not uh, better points. What's that? Not more points. The the higher seed. No, no, no. So if not bench points, not bench points, most points scored for the season. I've I've always given it to the team with a better record. But why why reward that as opposed to total points? No, that's sure. If you're giving a playoff spot for total points, then I think that's more. If the playoffs don't have anything to do with total points, then I don't think you can factor that into the playoff tiebreaker. You could do whatever you want. You can make your own rules. You rebel. Yeah, we've seen. Yeah, you can. But I mean, I think what you're saying is, whichever way you seed the playoffs, the higher seed gets the tiebreaker. If it ends in a tie, the higher seed moves on, right? Right. Yeah, I, 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 I don't hate bump. the idea of giving a home field advantage in points, and I have been in a league that does that. Really? Um, I don't think most people are going to agree to it. Ten percent's pretty high because most leagues you're in, you're scoring more than a hundred points typically. Um, but it's not the worst idea. It's fun. It's interesting. And how about this? Drew from Tennessee. I've been campaigning in my league to move away from head-to-head matchups in the playoffs to a pool-based structure for the last few years with no luck. People are stuck in their ways. This way, everyone plays, and the highest two scores advance to the next round. You don't get penalized um, in the semifinals when your opponent goes off and you outscore the other two teams by 20, and scrub teams don't get a free pass. I think it's the only fair way to crown a true champion. I need some support to get this changed. It is a more fair way. It does a better job of determining who was the better team. It's not as fun. It's not as fun, right? It's like roto baseball. Fantasy baseball rotisserie is the, is the least fun. It is by fun. far the best format. It's the least fun format of, in fantasy sports. The least fun. And also the best determining. It, might, it is team. probably the best determining, yes. But it is also the least fun. Okay, what do we got here? Oh, let's take a look ahead to the wide receiver position in 2019. You guys did running backs last week. Let's look at wide receivers, and then we will end the show with a whole bunch of your tweets about a whole bunch of your players. So who is the number one wide receiver off the board next year? DeAndre Hopkins. I think it's probably going to be determined by the next four weeks. Because it's close enough, um, I'm going to go ahead and go out on a limb and say it's Michael Thomas. Oh, My only concern saying that now is Drew Brees could retire. That's true. Nobody, because I, I, I think it's Antonio Brown. No, it, very well could be. It, the next month, I think, like if, and the, that's the thing, if Adam Thielen has a four week stretch to end the season, like one of his other four week stretches, and not like his last couple. It could be Adam Thielen. Actually, you know, I think it's up for grabs right now. I always forget this guy, but you remember how I was always like the Jordy Nelson guy? I was like, no, Jordy Nelson should be a first round pick, not a second round pick. Why not Devontae Adams? It's weird. It very well could be Devontae. Yeah. He's in that conversation. Yeah, the number one receiver of the Packers' offense is always regarded as an elite player, but never quite seems to get the respect. And the, the funny thing is going to be, what if Tyreek Hill has two more of his monster games and finishes the number one wide receiver again? There's no way Tyreek Hill is going to be number one in PPR. There's no way. He's 15 points behind Adam Thielen? He's fourth at receiver right now. He's first in non-PPR, and he's fourth in PPR. What's he, a point behind Antonio Brown? He's four points behind Antonio Brown. 
Okay, so there is absolutely a there's, way that there's no be. way he's going to have like 20 fewer catches than the other receivers that we're talking about in that conversation. He is currently 15 points out of the conversation. I'm not saying that he's not going to finish number. I'm sorry. Okay, I meant he's not going to be number one drafted next year. Yeah, yeah, he might finish, but he's not going to. So I, I think at this point, go back to what we said earlier. What I said earlier, it's not going to be AJ Green. It's not going to be Mike Evans. Probably not going to be Julio Jones, right? Probably not. No, it won't be. Beckham? Probably, probably not Odell be Beckham. Beckham. No. What, what is the state of the position right now? How do you see it? Strong. Yeah. I think it's very similar to the way it was at the start of the year. Right. I feel like, uh, look, there are always some surprises. Adam Thielen's been a lot better than uh, we thought. And not that we didn't think he was going to be good, but he's been awesome. Uh, Juju's probably been a little bit better. But this is a position that looked like a top-heavy position. And these stud wide receivers are, in my opinion, still considerably better than the rest of the crew. Uh, well, yeah. yeah, I mean, Odell Beckham's the number eight wide receiver. And by the scoring system I'm looking at here, he scored 233 PPR fantasy points. And that's like 80 points better than number 24. Wow. And he's not even having a great year. You know? Right. So well, I, his, his passing touchdowns have helped. That's true. That is true. I yeah. I wonder how many like are there eight receivers taken in the first two rounds? Does Keenan Allen get there? Oh yes, Juju. Yes, so that's ten. Evans, T. Y. Hilton probably round? no. T. Y. Hilton huh? t- to me, T. Y. Hilton's a second round pick. I know the no- or at least early third. I know, but, the but the last two guys you mentioned, Hilton and and Evans, were essentially third round picks this year. Right. Yeah. Right, because we had questions about Andrew Luck, but the way Andrew Luck is playing now, I think T.Y. Hilton is kind Diggs, of a stud. second round. He was this year at the back end. So I, I think you're probably looking at twelve to thirteen wide receivers in the first two rounds, and if there's ten running backs in the first round, that doesn't leave any room for running backs in the second round. Yeah, it's going to be running backs galore in the first <laughs> round, and it's going to be all wide receivers in the second. See, I don't, I don't think there's going to be that many in the second round. I think some of the guys you're mentioning are third-round picks. So Thielen, Devontae Adams, Antonio Brown, Tyreek, yep. Michael Thomas, DeAndre Hopkins, Julio Jones, Odell Beckham, Keenan Allen, Juju? He'll be a third-round guy. Okay. Diggs? Third-round guy. Hilton? Third-round guy. Third-round guy. And no Rams in the first two rounds? No. Third-round guy. Early third. So the the ideal draft position is going to be in the first five picks, get one of those stud running backs, the, the, and then two stud receivers. The thing that will sway yeah. that will be guys like Lindsey. Um, Aaron Jones. Oh, I think Aaron Jones is going ahead of some of these receivers for sure. Yeah, I think Lindsey is too. You know, well, maybe, okay. Yeah, but Lindsey, Jones. Nick Chubb, um, all these guys. I'm probably going to take all of the receivers I said over Aaron Jones and Philip Lindsey. Yeah, so the second round running backs are probably going to be Nick Chubb. If he's not in the first, yeah. Lindsey, Jones, Michelle, non-PPR. Those are the guys I'm going to pass on to take receivers. What about Dalvin Cook? Where does he end up next year? Four, third. Third at best. Right. Maybe fourth. Fournette, second round. Yeah, he deserves it. You know, honestly, the, the wide receiver who's going to be the best value is going to be A.J. Green. Right, he's if he's going to fall to the third round in he's our in scenario, round range, yep. he's going to be an amazing value. He's so good uh, when he plays. He he was on pace for one of his best seasons, but he's a little injury prone. But you can't say Leonard Fournette's a second round pick and deserves it, 
and then say AJ Green's injury prone. Well, AJ Green plays receiver, Fournette plays running back. Running backs feel and more. Who are the ten running backs in the first round? Oh, Gurley, uh, uh, McCaffrey, Kamara, Barkley, Barkley, Steelers, Zeke, Zeke, Melvin, Zeke, Gordon. Yeah. Ooh, we lost Kareem Hunt. Of them in the last week and a half have fallen out. There may not well, be no, no Kareem Hunt. And I don't know if James Conner's well, first round. No pick. James Conner now, I'd say. I would rather have, at this point, Aaron Jones over James Conner. Why not James Conner? What if he comes back? He's the guy next year. Oh, I think he's 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 at the tail end of the first round, beginning of the second round. But if, if you're telling me right now Aaron Jones or James Conner, I think there's a higher ceiling for Aaron Jones. I mean, Aaron Jones would love to have the season that James Conner's having. He's number five running back in fantasy right now. Okay, but compare them over the last month. Connor has had a brutal schedule over the last month. Like to be completely fair to him, what did well, we I say? Mean, Aaron Jones Denver, had a great game against the Vikings. It's not like he's had an easy schedule. He did. I mean, I love Aaron Jones. Um, he's right there. Fine. It's uh, there's no point in arguing this. It's completely legit. Uh, yeah. So, Gurley, Barkley, McCaffrey, Kamara, Zeke, Gordon. How many is that? That's six. Those are David the, Johnson. Those are the no-brainers. David Johnson. There may I don't be. think I'd take Johnson over any of those receivers. It's going to be the same way it was last year, I guess. There's going to be eight or nine running backs to go in the first round, and I'm going to take all running backs with my first six picks and mostly receivers in the second half. And who could break out next year at receiver? Uh, DJ Moore. That's a great one. Cortland Sutton. What do you think about Corey Davis? Does he have star potential? Absolutely. Yeah, if we could just get a full season of no injuries from Marcus Mariotti and Corey Davis, that would be fantastic. <laughs> How about Amari Cooper? Does he have star potential? Yeah, I, I was just I'm looking through rankings right now. Yeah, for sure. I think <laughs> Amari Cooper is one of those guys that with a like he's got such a great schedule in the last month, he might be a late second, early third round pick. Um I, and I Chris think Godwin he, with no Deshaun Jackson. I think if Amari Cooper went ahead of AJ Green, it would be a travesty in fantasy <laughs> football. <laughs> like, it would be such a, a, a criminal investigation would have to take place. That is just not okay. All right, let's read some tweets about players. Bruce Ellington or Kiki Cutie, rest of season. Ellington. Can I rely on Mark Ingram? I got Jeff Wilson this morning. Should I start Wilson over Ingram? Half PPR. Yes. I think you can rely on Mark Ingram. I do have Jeff Wilson ranked ahead of him. Better playoff stash, Traquan Smith or Curtis Samuel? Samuel right now. I'll say Samuel. I think Traquan's going to have a couple of games where he's just a monster and a couple of games where he's just completely irrelevant. Home versus road. Well, he's only got one home game left. It's week 16 against Pittsburgh. But he does have Tampa Bay this week. He does have Tampa Bay. That's true. Uh, hey, did you know a wide receiver scored a touchdown every week against Tampa Bay? Who who do I start? I thought uh, that was San Francisco. No, that was Jamie misquoting the, my awesome stat. Uh, James Conner. Did say that? No, it's not San Francisco. It's Tampa Bay. Pretty sure you did. I'm pretty sure you did too. No, I. There's no way. San Francisco is also terrible against wide receivers. Uh, Matthew Coker wants to know why James Conner and AJ Green hate him. Um, because he didn't start Andy Dalton after he traded for him. And Matthew Coke has had one of the most blessed 
This is Matthew Coker. I've seen in my life. This is Coker. Doesn't even deserve to be in the playoffs in our dynasty league. But he's a two seed, so I don't want to hear anything about his bad luck. Okay, this he is a different, this is a different guy, Heath. This is a different guy. This is Coker, not Coca. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Matthew Coker. Trying to tell you that. Wow. All right, new email. You ripped your coworker for nothing. This yeah, why, I, I, I stand by it. This is why you're fired. Why are a couple of you guys so low on Josh Adams all of a sudden? It's a tough matchup against Dallas. Sure is. Sony Michelle, so Sony Michelle or Gus Edwards this week? Sony. Michelle. Oh, Gus. I like Michelle better. Josh Gordon, what the heck do I do with him? Start him. Flex. Rank these guys because seriously, I have this issue. Eckler, Michelle, carry on Johnson, Gus Edwards. Well, one's not going to play. Carry on. Um, what's the format? I have no idea. What's the names again? Eckler, Michelle, who? Gus. Gus. Um... Michelle, Gus, Eckler in non-PPR. Eckler, Michelle, Edwards in PPR. I'll go Eckler, Edwards, Michelle. In both formats? Heath? I may have Edwards ahead of Eckler in non-PPR. I mean, Bradley Bennett wrote this tweet. In terms of Eckler, Michelle, and Edwards, I'm not sure you could have picked three players whose values are going to change more depending on on format. Uh, you know, Gus Edwards does not catch passes. Michelle usually doesn't, and Eckler needs you need him in PPR. Uh, all right, from Dean, trust Sony Michelle as an RB two over the most of the recent RB pickups. I like the setup for Sony Michelle this week. I like uh, the the most recent running back pickups. Is Trey Burton droppable? Yes, sure, as long as you're picking up some like a decent tight end. Golden Tate or DJ Moore in PPR this week? More. More. Marlon Mack or Sony Michelle in PPR? Michelle. Michelle. Josh Allen is a top three quarterback two weeks in a row, and now he faces the Jets at home, and you guys aren't talking about him. Even if to say uh if even to say it as a crazy, unrepeatable fluke, in an old timey gangster voice, hey, what gives? Jamie oh, talked a lot about him. Yeah, I know. Talked about did. him on Tuesday. I think he's a top fifteen quarterback this week. I'd start him over Carson Wentz and Kirk Cousins. Okay. Um, would you start where or Kenny Galladay or Adam Humphreys in the flex? I'd start both those guys over where. I would too. Aaron Jones or Philip Lindsay, non-PPR? Lindsay. Ah, uh, I got Those guys are really close to my range. No, Jones. I'm but, yeah, I like them both. I, they're both top 10 running backs. I have Jones one spot ahead of Lindsay. Do you have any faith in any Bears pass catchers in the next three weeks? No. I have great faith that multiple Bears cat pass catchers are going to be good. I don't know which one it'll be which week. Reed or Brait, rest of season. Who or Brait? Reed, Jordan Reed. Oh, uh, Brait. Yeah, I'm going to go Brait. I think this whole Colt McCoy injury could really be bad for Jordan Reed. Larry Fitzgerald, now that <laughs> Christian Kirk is gone. Your <laughs> thoughts on Larry Fitzgerald without Christian Kirk? Uh... Borderline starter every week. Sure. PPR, Golden Tate or Spencer Ware? Uh, Ware. Um, Tate. Oh, one more segment, by the way. Part two of the regulators. This one cracks me up. Dear Elliot, Turk, and the Todd. I knew that one. That is Scrubs. Underrated show. I need your help. 
I have been sabotaged out of my first round bye. A 4-8 and eight team had Jordan Reed on his team Monday night and needed four PPR points from him to win his matchup. And Jordan Reed delivered with those four PPR points. But the kid decided right before the game that he, for reasons outside of fantasy, was going to bench Reed and subsequently lose his matchup on purpose. He did not replace Reed with anyone. As a result, I don't get a first-round bye, and the rest of the playoff bracket has a different seating than it would have if this guy had just played Jordan Reed. Uh, for context, the 4-8 and eight team manager is my friend who I haven't talked to in a while, and when I asked him why he didn't play anyone in the tight end spot, he responded, quote, because he knew it would spark me to contact him, end quote. I feel as I feel as though there are better ways to tell me you're upset that we haven't kept in touch than sabotaging my playoff bracket and my chance at a first round bye. I've gotten mixed opinions on whether or not this move can be tolerated, so I need to know the professional's opinion so I can take it to my commissioner. I mean, that's a jilted lover right there. Isn't that funny? That's uh that's a weird And he knew it'd work. It worked. I mean There's uh, a clear answer. It obviously worked. Um there's nothing you can do. Kick him out of your kick, circle of friends. Kick him out of the league. I, I would say to the commissioner, this is nonsense. He benched Jordan Reed for personal reasons. I want my first round bye. No. No, I mean, no you're not getting your first round bye. It's not changing anything other than this guy doesn't get to play fantasy football with his friends anymore. <laughs> you thought yeah, I didn't talk to you for a long time before this. <laughs> okay. It, it, it worked, but it... Well, no, it did work, but now you're going to kick that out of the league. All right, next up, we got Sean from Long Island. Dear Jalen, Austin, Spencer, and Jeff. Those are running backs Recent, that uh, uh, yeah. are going to be very fun to watch this week. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> James Conner's out this week. Jalen Samuels was on my league's waiver wire. I have a squad of running backs that include Kamara, Chubb, Sony, James White, Spencer Ware, and Dalvin Cook. So I was not worried about picking up Samuels for myself. I'm also playing against the Connor owner, who has a higher waiver wire priority than I do. So I decided to tell the last place team that's in the playoffs to pick up Jalen Samuels so the Connor owner would not be able to use him. As you might expect, the Connor owner was furious, as the other team likely would not have made the claim unless I told him. What are your thoughts on this situation? I'm just trying to win, and though it could be considered collusion with another team, I would not consider it to be, as I am risking facing that team that will get Samuels in the next round if Connor is held out for multiple weeks. This would be the definition of collusion. <laughs> right? I mean, other than I believe collusion has to be secret, and it sounds like you told the guy what you did. This is collu- this is the definition. Yes, absolutely. You can't you can't do this. This is bad form. Uh, you are now officially kicked out of the league. One more. Um, I don't know what to do though. Like, do you? What do you do? I guess you can't really do anything. He's got no. You can't do anything. The guy gets the guy that picked up James Connors in the playoffs. He deserves to have James Conner. Yeah. What do you do about the cheater, the colluder? Um, shame him. Kick him out of the league. <laughs> I, seriously though, like, what do you do? Is there anything you can do? You're not going to kick him out of the league. There's nothing you can do. You... Like, I think it, it's not collusion if he posts on the league message board. You guys, James Conner is out. Jalen Samuels. Is oh no, that's not collusion. That is the lamest thing. That is so lame. It cannot be done. That's totally lame. It's oh, awful. Don't do it. This is what I think you should do. Dock him five fantasy points. Like <laughs> I am in the league I talked about earlier, where I have all those running backs, and I'm definitely going to choose the wrong three. Um, Chris Towers is out of the playoffs and playing a team that I need to lose. And Chris is actually a two-point favorite, has a good chance to win. 
but he has a terrible defense that he probably hasn't changed in a month and doesn't even know what defense is in his lineup. And I really want to tell Chris, Chris, you should change your defense. And I've resisted doing it so far. Good for you, Heath. Come I'm on, probably Chris. not going to, though. All I am, Chris, for you. Uh, Ryan from the Mile High City. Dear Lenny, Dwight, Keith, and Gary. Those are Mets. All right, here we go. We've got to get your pens and papers out, people. Uh, or use a pencil. In one of my leagues, we have a three-way tie for the final two playoff spots. Our league's tiebreaker is head-to-head, and then overall points scored. The teams have not all played each other an equal amount of times in this three-way tie situation, which I think should cancel the head-to-head. I have played Team A twice and went one and one, but I have more total points, so I think I should win this tiebreaker. I played Team B once, and I lost. Uh, those two teams, Teams A and B, have only played each other once, and Team A won. I feel like the head-to-head should cancel each other out, and then it should go to points. But the commissioner is looking at it as a cumulative head-to-head, saying I am 1-2 and two against these teams, which I don't think is fair. I have the most points in the league, but he's currently being left out of this three-way tie. You guys understand? Should I say it? Should I... No, I understand no, yeah. completely. It's yeah. got to be points. It, it should 100% be points, but it sounds like it is not points. No, it's not. It's, it's head-to-head, but this guy's 1-2. One of the guys is 2-0. and oh, One of the guys is 1-1. One and one. The thing I would say and look at this, I would not use cumulative head-to-head, and I don't think you should. But I would look at this, and you can't break the tiebreaker between you and A because you're push. B, you lose the tiebreaker too, but A wins the tiebreaker over B. It's not an equal amount of games. Right. It's not an so equal amount of I games. I would say it yeah. goes to points now. I think in the NFL, if, if three teams finished – with the same record in this scenario, let's say two of them were division well, go foes. To conference record I think it would go division. to conference record, right? So, so it's it's uh, total points. Ryan, you have been wronged, and now you have been regulated. And we thank you for listening. We'll come back tomorrow with the AMC home games. Have a you great Wednesday. The, the one guy in the Jaguar. So, oh, who? Uh, his last name is By. First name's got to go. <laughs> All right, for Jamie and Ethan Adam. Talk to you Thursday, everybody.